Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better of of power power than forms of the Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today I'm joined by an expert in specialist flowers, a voice you will have heard on QVC. He's the owner of the Diego Flower Bulb Company. It's George Klaus. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast, and of course to my producer, Charlie Jones. Well, some people may not have thought much of uh, the rain on Sunday, but boy, that did a lot of good. On top of the rain that we'd already had, uh, kept me indoors for uh, a day too, I suppose. But I got a nice lot done on the Saturday and the Sunday, and I think I've just got five plants left to repot that came back from Chelsea, and I can see my backyard at last. It's been swept and clean, and such a relief to see that tidied up. The problem is that when you pick up a big plant that's been to a show and go to tidy it or repot it, you'll see something else it needs. For example, there's a bigger chorus, you know, it's one of those evergreen grasses. And when I picked that up, it had started to die in the centre. So I knocked it out the pot and split it up, and now I've got 18 where there was one before. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put all this stuff. You know, it just sort of keeps growing. I have been corrected a bit. In the paper recently, we carried a story about branch drop. After very hot, dry weather and then rain, some trees can just suddenly shed a branch. And I said that uh, no one had been killed by summer branch drop. Uh, And I've been reminded that uh, Arena Wilson, on the 23rd of September in 2012 at Kew, actually was killed by a branch drop, although there's uh, some question about whether it was summer branch drop or wind and rain that fetched that branch down. Apparently uh, it has to be mature trees after a very dry period and then soon after heavy rain there can be a loud crack and the branch comes down. So there we are. Just don't stand too close to trees with really long outstretched branches full of leaf after a really dry spell and some heavy rain. What's new this week? Well, I'm afraid the uh, plastic and polythene story doesn't go away and the uh, manufacturers of rigid plastic pots are introducing a powder blue and a deeper blue pot that can be put out for roadside recycling. Apparently it's the carbon in black plastic pots which uh, causes exclusion from the recycling system. And the new pots uh, will be able to be put out for the roadside domestic collection. As so often happens with these things, 
the new pots, which are recyclable, will cost more. So container plant prices will uh, have to go up, I presume. I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, No plastic pot is thrown away from my household. They're just used and used again. But we'll see what happens. Visiting one of Britain's largest wholesale herbaceous plant growers last week, I was interested to hear that there's a renewed interest in field-grown plants. You know, if stuff like phlox and rudbeckia, hardy geraniums, uh, astilbes, those kinds of plants, if they're field-grown and then lifted in the autumn or spring and sent out what we call bare root, then, of course, there are no pots or plastic. And landscapers are returning to this system, apparently, because they have no pots to collect up at the end. You know, it can be quicker planting bare root things. There is uh, the need to keep the roots damp at all time. You know, you can't let them dry out. Uh, And so the planting needs to be pretty quick. But it will be interesting to see just uh, how strong this renewed interest in field-grown herbaceous proves. Time now for the uh, autumn clean-up. The grass is uh, really greening everywhere, so that needs to be cut. And the edges that have been neglected for some weeks, if not months, through that dry spell, they need to be trimmed. And you need to think about uh, pulling out dead grass, a bit of scarifying, and overseeding with new grass seed from about the middle of September through to the end of October. Few people add that little bit of new grass seed each autumn, but it's certainly worth doing if you want to maintain a nice mix of the right kinds of grass. Modern, slow-growing, dwarf-bladed rye grasses are perfect for the home lawns, and just adding a bit of that new seed every now and again just helps no end. Oh, and with the runner beans, if you've got some pods that have gone a bit old and seedy, pick those off. Uh, If you get rid of those, then there's every chance over the next six weeks the plants will continue flowering and you'll have a lot more crops. I'll be preparing the site for sweet peas, you know, my favourite, so I need to get a trench dug and some manure dug into the bottom and let that soil settle, ready for 10th of October sowing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> My guest this week comes from uh, Diego of Marden. 
one of the names as far as spring and summer flowering bulbs are concerned. And we have the boss, George Clowes, online. George, how are things? A joy to talk to you. And I'm pleased to report that despite the awful bulb harvest in, in Holland, things are flourishing. And we ought perhaps, you know, straight away to talk a bit about that. Um, presumably it was the cold and wet which sort of delayed growth and then it went very hot and dry and so the bulbs won't have made the size that we would hope. That's exactly what happened. As you know, we never compromise at Diego. We only deal in top quality and top size and there is a, a marked shortage of top size bulbs this season because bulbs haven't fattened up because of the drought and the hot weather. I mean, if gardeners just stop and think about it for a minute, if you're lifting, goodness knows, 10 or 20 hectares of a certain tulip and you pick out the top size from that whole crop, they must have more vigour and and be likely to last longer in the garden. Well, you're absolutely right. took me a while to work it out, to be honest. Um, The bigger the bulb, the better the performance. And if you think about it, nature is just magical, really, because inside that brown, slightly uninteresting-looking bulb is all the magnificent flowers and all the foliage, and therefore the bigger the bulb, it leads on to the fact that that will provide a better performance. And that's why we supply so many sort of well-known gardens up and down the country that are open to the public because they've got their customers coming through the gates and paying hard-earned cash and and they want to show them a really magnificent display and therefore they buy big bulbs. And with all these things, there is one exception, I think, when it comes to buying hyacinths. If I want them to plant out in the garden, the very large bulbs produce such a big head they can be difficult to support, can't That's they? absolutely correct. You need the big bulbs if you're forcing hyacinths for Christmas because you're going to support those stems anyway. But if you're going for garden hyacinths, you want to go one or two sizes down. Could we just run through the, the prepared hyacinth thing? Uh, presumably you'll be sending out in the next week or two the prepared bulbs? Yes, and then one starts. A really quite simple process, as as you well know, Peter. Um, You plant them up in some compost and you keep them in the dark and the cold until they're showing about two inches. And then you bring them slowly but surely into the warmth. If you bring them into too hot a kitchen, like a kitchen with an argov, straight away, they'll sort of bolt and you'll get rather out of control, too tall flower stems. But you do need patience, don't you? You mustn't bring them into the warmth until you have that at least two inches with the flower through the neck of the bulb. That's absolutely right. Um, I think they are well worthwhile doing. I, I find it a challenge, but at the same time it brings such pleasure within the house and, of course, that glorious fragrance just permeates everywhere. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you have a, a rather special narcissus in the uh, catalogue this year. Oh, we do. Uh, <laughs> well, exciting, Peter. <laughs> well, as you know, we're deeply honoured to hold the royal warrant from, from His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales as supplier of garden flower bulbs, which we've now ha- held for, I think, some six years. 
And with his 70th birthday coming up on the 14th of November, we were approached with a view to naming a Narcissus bulb in honor of his 70th birthday. So it's a slightly complicated process because first of all, you've got to find an unnamed new Narcissus, which is going to obviously have to be a good performer and stand the test of time and in, in turn look really nice. And then you have to go for a name. But a lot of the names were registered oh, as far long ago as the 1920s, might have been used for a short while, but are still on the register. And therefore, you can't get them, despite the fact that they're not, not being grown any longer. So the one we managed to obtain, which hadn't been registered, is Duke of, of Rothsey, which is one of his titles. It's a, it's a originally a Scottish title. It was the title to the heir to the Scottish throne. And then in 1702, I seem to remember, it transferred to be, being the title for the heir to the British throne. And Rothsey's, um the capital of the Isle of Butte, which is the most beautiful place I've actually been there, with the most glorious gardens in Mount Stuart House. And it is, as I said on the Firth of Clyde, his hereditary title. Wonder, can you describe the Narcissus to us? It's a Cyclaminius Narcissus, but it's got a much larger flower head than many of the Cyclaminius, and it's got backward-facing white petals, and then it's got a bright yellowy-orange trumpet, and it stands about 16 inches high, and we gave Highgrove 5,000 bulbs last year so that they could have a look at them and, and test them and see how they got on. And they provided the most magnificent display. And they very kindly invited Diego and staff to come and have a look at them in April this year. And I must say, they were just magnificent. Because they've got quite a lot of uh, spring flowering bulbs. The grassed area has uh, tulips and camassia, doesn't it? And then in the woodland, they had um, a miniature yellow narcissus I uh, can't think of the name for the minute. No, nor can I. But, I must admit they've bought so many offers over the years. Yeah, but it was in with bluebells. And it was fabulous, uh, right? exactly where you mean. Yeah. So uh, visitors to Highgrove next April should see quite a showing of the Duke of Rothsay. Yes, they're either side of the drive as you come up to the visitor centre. Right. And they look just wonderful. Now, and, do, do you still have some for sale? We've got some for sale, but again, we're suffering from the poor harvest. We were hoping to be able to lift 10,000 top-sized bulbs. We'll be lucky if we can lift 5,000. I mean, that's how bad the harvest's been. And some tulip species were down 60% on top-sized bulbs. So I always urge people in our catalogue letter to order early so as not to avoid disappointment. And the catalogue goes out in, in May. Either they don't, they don't read my catalogue letter or they forget about it and we have this mad rush in September, October saying, oh, I've forgotten to order my, my bulbs. And, and I just worry this year that people are going to be disappointed. Yes, I think, I think it's inevitable. And, and looking at some of the stocks on garden centres, you know, the pre-packed tulips, they look terribly small to me. Yeah, they're tiny wee, but... It is extraordinary. When I was lucky enough to buy Diego, 
we ran events up and down the land in sort of grand country house gardens from Annick down to Chatsworth to Leeds Castle to Sarhead to Wadsden to Lost Gardens of Heligan. Now, now you're name-dropping, eh? Now I'm name-dropping. <laughs> and we provided them with tens of thousands of tulip bulbs and they held tulip festivals. And the number of times I heard the visitors saying, what are they treating these tulips with? Ours are not never that size. The stems are never as strong. The heads are never as big. And I was able to ask them and talk to them and say, well, what size bulbs do you buy? And they were saying, oh, I suppose they're about the size of a gobstopper, which you and I, Peter, are old enough to remember. <laughs> um, and I said, no, they shouldn't be. They should be the size of a golf ball. Yeah. And these tulips have been treated with absolutely nothing because bulbs are incredibly easy to grow. They're sort of virtually bomb-proof. I mean, you plant them, even, even if you plant them upside down, they'll right themselves. And everything's in there, so you don't really need to look after them terribly terribly well. You can somewhat sort of neglect them. And things like Narcissi, they come up year after year. They multiply and naturalize. And I was looking the other day at a field in front of my parents' house up in Leicestershire, where when they moved in 1962, I remember them planting a 100 daffodils. Well, that field is now covered in daffodils. And it shows how they can naturalise and spread. Fantastic value. But before we close, George, I have to mention Dick Diego. He was a great friend of yours, wasn't he? he yes, what a character he was. Do you know there were, I think it was called the Twelve Club. There were 12 people in the horticultural industry that used to meet for lunch at the Savoy just once every four or five weeks and they would invite somebody else from the industry to speak uh, Dick invited me once, so I've actually been to the Savoy. Now I'm name-dropping. <laughs> but what a character he was. Yeah. Uh, very sadly, he died in 2002, and very sadly, I talked to him on the telephone because I'm a third-generation Diego customer, which is really why I ended up buying the business in, in 2008, because Thelma Diego, his widow, wanted to retire. Sadly, I never met him, but I've heard so many stories from people like yourself about him, and he drove around in a Rolls Royce, I understand. <laughs> That's correct. He obviously did incredibly well with Diego. <laughs> I, my, my budget does not stretch to a Rolls Royce, I hasten to add, Peter. Well, um, th things have changed, George. When I came into the industry and was buying bulbs in 1958... Uh, I think I'm right. They they were on ration. Foreign exchange was difficult, and we could only buy the same number that we bought in 1939. But then, of course, once trade got easier, you know, the whole thing took off, and there was a period in the 60s and 70s when people were desperate for colour, and businesses were, I think, more profitable, or profit was easier than right. it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my parents' bulbs they planted in 1962 would have very definitely have come from Diego. So it's another wonderful thing to be involved in, in such a you know, historic company. We're celebrating our 150th anniversary this year. Um, and, you know, isn't it magnificent that a horticultural company has, you know, thrived for that long a period of time? George, I didn't realise. And so is 2018... You're 2018, it's, this is the year of our 150th anniversary. 
Well, congratulations. That is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I think it's magical. And I think it does credit to selling quality. Well, I think that's pr- it's proved the test of time, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, top quality, top size is what it's all about. You know, we have a very, very loyal customer base, and then new people, obviously, are discovering them, the joys of Diego Barbs. And nothing gives me greater pleasure, actually, than to talk to customers, which I regularly do, and hear how much, you know, the Diego Barbs, how much pleasure they're bringing to them. And I come from a financial background, as you know, and, and you know, more often than not in my career, I've been selling things that people don't really need or want. <laughs> they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're far too expensive. They're very complicated. And now I'm selling something that just brings a smile to people's faces. And, and so every day I bounce out of bed and I think, you know, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. George, I have to mention, too, that if people want to see you in a colourful shirt, then uh, if they switch on to QVC, they can actually see you in person. Uh, they uh, can. Pre- it's, my, it's my secret life. I mean, <laughs> Peter, if you told me 10 years ago I was going to appear in front of television cameras in makeup, I would have thought you were bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it is I mean, it, an extraordinary route to market. It's wonderful for us because we're introducing a whole new range of customers to the pleasure of our bulbs. Um, bulbs sell like hotcakes. I mean, just to give you an idea, Sunday last week, not this past Sunday, and yesterday, I was selling Hardy Gladiolus. Well, I've just confirmed the order with, with our grower, and it's 190,000 bulbs. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. George, it's great to speak to you. Good luck. And to you. What's on? Well, there's several plant fairs. Bodnam Arboretum in Kidderminster and Ness Botanic Gardens up in the Wirral have uh, both got plant fairs coming up. Actually, I did my first Gardener's World broadcast from Ness Botanic Gardens and I remember standing by uh, Apiris Forestii to open that programme with the cameras 150 or 200 yards away. Boy, that was a funny feeling. Still makes my hair stand on end. Don't know how I had the nerve to do it. And I wonder whether that Apiris is still there. Recently... In the last week or so, actually, I went up to uh, see the two gardens at Bressingham. That's the Dell and Adrian Bloom's uh, Foggy Bottom. I don't think I've seen those gardens look better. Now, speaking to Adrian, he said that uh, he thought that the bright sunshine and the high temperatures just gave herbaceous plants that bit of extra. And now with the rain... I mean, they look stunning, that garden. The grass is green and lush. Conifers making new growth. On the uh, weekend, they're going to be holding an inspirational gardening session with talks both the Saturday and Sunday and uh, a display of artwork. Could be a really nice uh, day out for the family, even those not interested in gardening. God forgive them. There's the Steam Museum. Uh, and other things to do. So that's a great uh, day out. I was interested on the herbaceous nursery that I was speaking about earlier that one of their most popular plants is geranium roseanne. 
They told me they couldn't grow enough. And Adrian, of course, uh, has a river of it running through his garden. The beauty of Roseanne is that it's sterile, so it doesn't seed all over the place, but even more, it just keeps flowering. You know, a hardy geranium that's flowering non-stop from May to September is really something else. Oh, and finally, of course, it's the Wisley Flower Show on the 4th to the 9th of September. I hope the traffic's not too bad. Two years ago when I tried to get there, uh, I got within a couple of three miles of Wisley and got stuck on the M25 and sat there for several hours, so much so that I missed the show and just drove the whole circuit of the M25. But uh, this year, on the 4th to the 9th, they have uh, the Dahlia Show. You need to go early on the 4th or 5th, if you want to see those show dahlias at their best. So, plenty of gardens to enjoy, plenty of flowers to enjoy, but we need to be planting, ready for next spring too. Thanks again to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden, we'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.